WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Thank you for joining me on the program this morning. On the phone with me now is uh, a frequent guest to the program and always one that is uh, is welcome and, and shares great knowledge with uh, uh, with me and uh, with you and, and everybody, and that's uh, that's Tackle Terry Tuma. Good morning, Terry. How are things this morning? Good morning, Kevin. I'm just great. Uh, now with the warm-up, that, that's going to help us a little bit with uh, you know getting prepared for winter You know, down the road. I think uh, many boats have been in uh, are going into storage, mm-hmm. and there's several that already have been in storage. Yeah, I, I know, and uh, uh, I'll, you know, and the thing is, I'm I'm looking at some of the fishing reports this morning here too, but and <laughs> the fishing is really really good right now. It's uh, uh, it would be great to get out there in a boat and uh, and do a little fishing. Oh, definitely, yeah. and we had some conversation, uh, even though uh, with the boat fishing, Kevin, is that for the folks that have put their boats with us. Several mm-hmm. locations where you can fish from shore. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. And and considering the 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 windiness we've got in our our area here today, that's that may not be a bad idea. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, the winds are howling out here too. In fact, it woke me up during the night. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's. Uh, yeah. Uh, but. But you know, hey, the fishing uh, the fishing is is pretty good. But let's and let's talk a little bit about uh, about boats here. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of people have put their boats away, and 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 I, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, just making sure that that you know all the things are done that need to be done to make sure that that boat is is stored uh, properly for the uh, for the winter here and and uh, everything that goes with it. Yes, and you know, first thing, Kevin, is what we need to do is you know, clean your boat out. I think it's so important. In fact, I read some reports about uh, boats being actually waxed. And the reason being is that when you launch that boat in the spring again, uh, you're going to gain a little bit of extra, um, shall we say, gas mileage by doing that because it's going to be really, shall we say, dispersing the water off the hull and the bottom of the boat. So that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is is um, running your bilge pump, your aerator. And I know one of the dealers that we work with actually runs antifreeze into those areas. Uh, so they making sure that they don't freeze. And, of course, we all know about the drain plugs. We know about, uh, you know, um, hopefully we've disconnected the battery. And there's a lot of comments about batteries, too. I had some questions. Oh, you mean you don't, you don't have to take the battery out of the boat? And the answer to that is definitely you do not. Uh, what I do recommend and what manufacturers recommend recommend is disconnect the battery and then make sure that it's fully charged before it goes into storage. Um, and you know, there, and the other thing that I do, Kevin, is um, t- I loosen up the transom stra- uh, straps or tie down and loosen up the um, winch so there's not a lot of pressure on, on the mm. boat itself. And then the other thing, too, is uh, raise up the tongue jack a little bit so if there's any water whatsoever in there that it'll drain out. So these are some of the things that I do that I think many times uh, anglers do not relate to. Yeah, yeah, just put it up. And, and it doesn't have to be much of an angle for that boat to uh, to drain properly there because, you know, there's always going to be uh, a little bit of water in there, and that's certainly not, uh, not something you want to have... Uh, you, you want to experience uh, in the wintertime. Well, exactly right. And the other thing, too, is hopefully that, you know, uh, we take it to marine dealers to get it winterized, you know, changing oil and filter, uh, mm-hmm. changing the lower unit uh, lubricant. Uh, these are just some of the things that, you know, we need to do. Uh, 
put stabilizer in your gas. Uh, there's a really, to be honest with you, it's not just pulling it out of the water and putting it into a storage facility. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and and of course, I'm guessing you recommend that that folks, you know, what electronics that they can take off, they they do take off and store away uh, somewhere. Uh, safe as well or warm or however you want to put it no i'll tell you to be honest with you kevin it's not necessary to do with the new electronics and you know same thing with the batteries too you know Mm we've been so many times told about you know taking it out of the boat and put it you know like in a basement where it's nice and warm and then prop it up with you know some sort of wood or whatever so it's not in contact with the cement not necessary at all Uh, as i mentioned you can leave it in the boat and actually to be honest with you is that the warm warmer climate uh, you say if you have it in a heated garage or in the basement of your home or wherever it may be that actually can discharge more rapidly Mm -hmm. than we would if we left it in the boat Really? Okay. Well, the good. That's uh, I, I learned something new there. That's uh, that's interesting. What other things yeah. I, I guess would uh, would uh, would you recommend as far as uh, um, you know? Should there be any other kind of you know? You, you've covered a lot here in terms of you know any other little maintenance things that uh, that folks should maybe maybe might overlook. I guess as uh, as as the uh, the season winds down here. Well, one is if, depending on what kind of wheel bearings you have. If, if they're south lubricant, then you don't have to uh, do anything with those. But on some of the uh, boats and trailers, um, repacking bearings is always a good idea, Kevin. The other is is cleaning your liquid crystal graph uh, face. And here again, you do not want to use uh, on a cleaner, an abrasive cleaner. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is take a, a wet cloth, just dripping wet, and then wipe it and then dry it with another similar cloth uh, that's going to uh, wipe that screen clean. Uh, you do not want to apply any pressure to that screen with your finger or trying to, you know, if there's something mm-hmm. on the screen that you want to sort of remove, you do not want to do that. You're going to distort the screen. And if that doesn't work, what we can do, too, with that uh, wet um, towel or cloth that we're doing, if you can't get it clean with that, just run it across a, a bar of ivory soap and then wipe that on that screen. If that still doesn't clean it properly, then you can use a lens cleaner, like for glasses. But here again, be very, very careful. Yeah, uh, those uh, those those liquid crystal displays can and can be damaged very, very easily. I know from uh, I know from experience on that. So. Yeah, they really can. Here again, you know, they're not, uh, you know, they're expensive today, so we need to mm-hmm. take care of those. Exactly, exactly. You know, it, it, and do you do any other like, uh, you know, cleaning of uh, of uh, like the the seats or or benches or anything like that to uh, to just kind of you know round out the the maintenance there for the uh, for the winter. Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, we always you know go through the whole inside of the boat. Uh, you know, here again, if you're putting in cold storage, make sure that you, if you have any, you know, hand cleaner or deodorizer or attractant in that boat, uh, you need to take that out, but you do not want that uh, tube or container to freeze and then burst open. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that we, and yes, cleaning, you even the carpeting or, or depending on what kind of flooring you have, uh, if you got dirty seats. This is a great opportunity to take time uh, to do that because it's really uh, just getting it prepared for spring, to be very honest with you, instead of pulling it out of storage. Normally when we pull it out of storage, we have ice out already and we can go fishing instead of, you know, taking care of all the maintenance at that time. True. Very, very true. Uh, one thing I was going to ask, too, what uh, uh, what do you normally do for, um, 
the uh, like your trolling motors and things along those lines? Yeah, it depends on what we uh, do, uh, how much it's used, Kevin. But if it hasn't been used for a little while, then I think you're fine. But what we really should do is, if you are able, is drop it down and just let, if there's any moisture in there, any water in there, let it drip out, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with your, you know, if you decide not to winterize your uh, outboard motor, which we definitely should do is at least drop it down and uh, all the way down let the water drain out but here again you're much much wiser if you get it winterized mm-hmm. and, and again that's you, you can you know the, the 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 boat dealers and and maintenance places there's plenty of those around for uh, for folks to 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 take advantage of that as well yeah you really should you know and here again too you, you, you're uh, we don't have to worry about it freezing. Uh, you know, and you should always check that lower unit anyway, Kevin, just in case mm-hmm. uh, there's any moisture that seeped into that lubricant. Uh, when it, when they're draining it, it'll come out with a, sort of a milky-looking uh, uh, lubricant, if you will, and that's a sign that you may have an issue with a seal. Yep, yep. And and all good things to uh, uh, to keep in mind here is... Uh as winter we we saw it last weekend as a matter of fact so winter is uh, winter is getting closer <laughs> every day so uh, well, and the biggest thing too kevin is can you know in the midwest the upper midwest it can turn on a dime yeah you know sure they're forecasting warm weather but all of a sudden just like this last snowstorm all of a sudden here here it comes you know then we're unprepared mm-hmm. exactly and and take advantage of you know take advantage of it it, it you know the 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 little amount of time that it that it that it takes, so to speak, and the investment that you make in, uh, you know, taking it to a, a, a dealership or, or, or maintenance place, wherever, and, and, you know, have that winterization done, have them look everything over and have them take care of it. That's, you know, that's just, that's money well spent, I think. Well, it really is. And the other factor, too, is that sometimes we don't realize, but say if you have it in a storage facility, you know, like a boat dealer, or maybe you rented a storage area, it's not your garage. It's the other thing is, when can I get it out? Mm-hmm. You know, that's another big factor. You know, in, in, you know, many dealers, marine dealers, have a sort of a schedule of taking them out. And, you know, I think last spring was a good example with all the, uh, you know, the weather we had. And the same thing if you're renting a storage facility. It's just like storing an automobile or, and so forth. There's a certain time that they'll get them out. They won't just take them out, uh, depending where you're located, what kind of arrangements you have. But many times they will not take them out, like, till, you know, maybe April 1st, maybe middle of April. So that's another thing we should be concerned about. Mm-hmm. Another thing, a good point to, a good point to make as well. That, uh, uh, that on on getting the boat back anyway. That's uh, that's uh, that's good. Anything else, Terry? That uh, that I'm overlooking that uh, that you wanted to touch on about uh, about boats this morning here. Well, not really. I you know here again too is you know if if you have the time instead of doing next spring, making sure all your trailer lights are working. Yeah. Uh, how about the a bow strap? Uh, is that worn or should it be replaced? Uh, these are just some maintenance factors um uh, taking a look at your tires how are they yeah. are worn you know uh, uh, making sure you got enough tire pressure uh so those uh tires are going to be uh, shall we say stored properly if you will mm-hmm. you don't want to have a low low tire when you're storing them so these are just some of the other but definitely take a look at your trailer tires to see if they should be replaced either now or at least next spring yeah because that and, and that's you know an easy another another easy enough thing to get taken care of now you're saving time as you're saving you're you're spending a little time now to save a lot of time later let's put it that and way exactly and many times some money too 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to be chomping at the bit to get out there and do some fishing and find you've got uh, a couple of flat tires on the trailer. That just uh, that's that's not a good thing. <laughs> no, or you're putting it to a public access or an access, and all of a sudden you got a flat tire on the on the road on the highway, mm-hmm. and that's not a good thing to happen. Nope, definitely, definitely not. Well, let's kind of if if we could, Terry, let's uh, let's kind of shift gears and, and we 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 talked a little bit about um, uh, getting the boat stored away for for winter, uh, and let's kind of shift gears a little bit anyway and talk a little bit about uh, getting your tackle and equipment and. <clears throat> Other things uh, put away for the winter because you're not you're not going to need your, uh, your 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 seven and a half foot uh, medium uh, medium fishing rod for uh, for ice fishing. That's exactly right, Kevin. Yeah, and what we should do, and we have some questions in regards to that. Uh, one is, you know, take them out of the boat. I think that's so important. And then so many times we just stack them in the corner in our garage or wherever it may be. Do not do that. Uh, you know. Today you can buy these uh, vertical um, rod racks uh, that mm-hmm. hold those rods vertically, and that is really a great support system to store your rods. You know, put them in the. You don't have to put them inside your home, but put them in the garage. You can mount those on the wall, and you can. You know, I think they come in uh, section. Uh, they do come in section. I think they hold six rods, depending on the manufacturer. Some hold four, some hold eight, but the average is six, and so uh, that really. The best support, and I had a question. Well, do we do we need to take off the old line and put new line on now? The answer to that question is no. Uh, just leave it uh, the old line on, but do back off the drag system. And then the other thing too. In fact, we just had some people asking about cleaning your rod. Sure, you, if you have the time, you can clean the rod handles. But as important is just take a look at your rod guide, see if they're cracked. Uh, and you know, so often we blame the line that it's breaking it in that there's just a problem with the line there's some imperfections in it many times it's caused by a crack guide mm-hmm. yep and that and that's easy enough to certainly easy enough to check when uh, uh when you're putting away and 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 you're right too about uh, about the rod racks they're not i mean that's uh I, I another one of those situations where it's 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 money well spent and certainly uh uh with the the, the price of of some of those fishing rods these days and some of the other tackle um again uh, you know spending 20 30 bucks ev- even for uh, for a rod rack or two to 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 put your rods up properly for the winter time uh, for just or, st- or for just in store or just storing in general you know again uh, money well spent it really is you know and we as you mentioned you know the rods today are very expensive and we need to take care of those rods i think it's so important this is also a prime opportunity you know it's sort of hard to remember but jot down if you need any new rods you know maybe i want a, a drop shot rod for bass fishing or maybe i need a different ultralight uh, for fishing crappies this is a great time to write it down but otherwise many times we'll forget and we can take advantage you know especially at this time of the year mm-hmm. uh, take advantage of some of the sale prices yeah exactly uh and, and uh, like a lot of things you know it's uh, you know Companies are, are looking to uh, to kind of clear the shelves, so to speak, before uh, ice fishing season, and uh, the new the new products start rolling in. So, yeah, you can probably find some pretty good deals too. Yeah, you really can. It's a good opportunity, and what we're really doing here it's sort of a transition time. We're still, you know fishing, so to speak, mentally, uh, so it keeps us uh, occupied, you know, in, on a weekend or whatever, and it's sort of 
if we're buying some time, but besides that, we're all ready for fishing in the spring. Mm-hmm. And and do you besides uh, besides the the the, the rods uh, again? You talked a little bit about uh, uh, the the reels as well, just backing off the drag system. Anything else that uh, that you like to do before uh, uh, you put those uh, put those reels up for the the winter? Not really. I know some anglers will take them apart and clean them, but with the seal systems today, I I do not do it. Uh, but. It, excuse me. It's really up to the individual if they want to take them apart and clean them. But I don't know if it's really that necessary anymore. Mm-hmm. Sure, if you got one that you've used for you know a few years and you think it's got dirty inside, then I would definitely do it. I should also mention, Kevin, too, is that when you're checking your rod guides, take a cotton swab and run it through the guide. If there's any cotton or snag, it will appear on the rod guide yeah. itself, and that's many times you can't do it visually. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you. Yeah. It, that's uh, that's a great tip to uh, uh, to use. And everybody's got something like that little cotton swab, cotton ball, or something like that uh, laying around the house. So easily enough, uh, easily enough done. Yes. Very. Very much. Again, it's going to save you a lot of. Uh, should I say frustration in the spring when you just launch that boat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know it, most places uh, I know around there's there's a couple places around here, but uh, I, I think most uh, every town tackle shop whatever uh, they either can do it themselves or know somebody that that does those those kind of rod repairs, and uh, it it usually is uh, you know if there is something that needs to be fixed on the rod, it's a uh, uh, great time of year to get it done. Yeah, I think most of your bait and tackle um, uh, shops do that, uh, and if not, you can buy kits. You can do it yourself, also. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, uh, it's it's a good good way to occupy your time in the winter when it's uh, uh, howling and snowing outside. So yeah, exactly <laughs> right. If we're not sitting on the ice, that's an excellent time frame to do it. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, and uh, now now we've talked a little bit about rods, reels. Um, what uh, as far as uh, as far as your tackle goes, uh, are there any things uh, that uh, that you'd like to talk a little bit about uh, with the for the listeners here this morning about uh, uh, things that you do for uh, with your tackle with your lures? Well, one thing I think it's a great time again is to look at all your tackle, Kevin. You know, should I replace this? Should I buy this? Do I uh, need this? Uh, and also, it applies to. Do we have uh, items at our tackle box that we haven't used for two or three years? This is a t- and you're probably not going to use it. This is a time frame to get it out of there. And then also, too, is, you know, uh, just inventory what you need and what you don't need. And the other thing, too, we had some questions about, well, we've got our, our tackle trays or our tackle box has, you know, we contaminated with maybe insect repellent or suntan lotion or something that happened uh, to contaminate those uh, containers. And what we can do is, you know, take uh, all those containers that you feel that have been contaminated with with negative scent and then just uh, take a laundry in your laundry tub or some area that's going to hold a warm water and then put some baking soda in there, just dip that in there for a few minutes, leave it sit in there, and that will uh, neutralize that odor, and then just take them out and let them air dry. But one caution here, they must be completely dry before you put your baits and lures back in there, otherwise you'll have a problem with rust. Yes, exactly. Yep, and those uh, those hooks will rust up very, very quickly. I know that uh, uh, I've, I've seen that uh, I've seen that before, so yeah, uh, great points and uh, um, good tip about the uh, about the baking soda, just to kind of 
neutralize everything in there as as well. And um, any other, uh, I guess, tackle tips as far as uh, as as far as uh, as far as storage. Not really. I just think, Kevin, here again, too, you know, depending where you're storing it, but for us that have, you know, like attractants, you know, scents and so forth, or maybe uh, some hand soaps, uh, instead of putting them in cold storage, make sure you uh, place it in a heated area. If it's a heated garage or in your home, uh, someplace where they cannot freeze solid, because you'll hear again, it can, the uh, containers can break uh, from being frozen, and or two, we do not know exactly, you know, if they do freeze, how much of a uh, scent or whatever may be dispersed that may mm-hmm. not be of really of good value. And the other thing, too, is, you know, if you've got some hooks or something that are rusting, uh, you better get them out of your tackle box. Yeah. Yeah, and those are, and again, those are, are uh, those are the kind of little projects. And and actually, too, you know, just uh, you know, if there are some uh, like treble hooks or things like that that you want to replace, you know, this is uh, we're we're getting to that time of year where you know that's just a, a you know a little bit of work in the you know in the evening or something like that or on a, a weekend when you've got a few moments, you know, and and just uh, just those little maintenance things that again. Uh, it takes a few minutes now, but you're going to save so much time later on when you get back out on the uh, out on the open water in the springtime. Well, definitely, you know, and we are busy in the spring just before open water takes place, mm-hmm. and with just projects around the home or whatever it may be. And this is a, as you mentioned, a prime time uh, to do this. And here again, too, you'll know, inventory everything now. Write it down if you're not going to purchase it. But it's hard for us uh, to really remember what we actually thought we should have done last, you know, a year ago or six months ago. Mm-hmm. And if we have read it down, then as soon as uh, we uh, lean towards spring, then we can start to figure out what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have enough trouble remembering what I did last week. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I think it's, you know, you know, especially with, you know, baits and lures and so forth, mm-hmm. it, it, again, it's well worth the time. Yep, exactly. Well, Terry, I've got to take a short break here, and then uh, we'll be back to talk a little bit more. Actually, we'll, uh, if, if we could, talk a little bit about uh, uh, ice fishing line and uh, sure. getting, getting yeah. ready for the season here. So we'll take a short break and come back in just a moment. My guest, Tackle Terry Tuma, uh, will be back in just a few moments with more of WKTY Outdoors on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. WKTY Outdoors, brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma. He'll tell you where the fish are biting. Just go in and ask. Paid for by friends of Kevin Hoyer. It's hard being Mr. Bipartisan. Why do I look a little tired? Um, Because I had a 33-hour marathon session basically trying to wear down the Republicans. It's exhausting reaching across the aisle. Basically trying to wear down the Republicans. Bringing folks together to solve problems. Trying to wear down the Republicans. But in reality, Steve Doyle authored just four bills last session. None had a Republican co-author. Call Steve Doyle and tell him being bipartisan doesn't mean talking out of both sides of your mouth. Out in the woods, there's an element of calmness, a sensation unlike anything else. When you're out there, you're in the moment. And when it's gun deer season in Wisconsin, there's no place you'd rather be. Waiting for silent movement takes patience, humility, and appreciation of the land, of the hunt. It's tradition for your family. It's also tradition at Ace Sportsland of Lacrosse. Not only do they offer all the hunting gear you need, they use it too. Share your love of the outdoors. Ace Sportsland in Ace of Lacrosse, Mormon Cooley Road. If you're a sports fan, 
You can't afford to miss the Dan Patrick Show on WKTY. Let's bring in the very popular Nick Wright from First Things First on uh, Fox Sports 1. Who is the best player ever, Nick? Dan, you know the answer to this. We know it's LeBron, and it is going to be, in 25 years, folks aren't going to believe we argued about it. It's like, well, one guy was bigger, he was faster, he was stronger, he did it longer, he did it in a tougher league, he did it when the rules were kind of designed against him. He did it over a far longer period of time. He scored more points. He was obviously the better passer. What were we arguing about? The 2011 finals, it is a meltdown. It is a giant blemish on the resume. But it's been a decade. And since then, he's played in the last game of the year every year, except for the year he tore his groin. Don't miss the Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings 9 to 11 on WKTY. 96.7 FM, 580 AM. WKTY 96.7 FM 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard, your host. Thank you for joining me on the program this morning. Uh, brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma and Ace of Lacrosse Sports Lynn on the south side of Lacrosse in Shelby Mall. And uh, back now with uh, with tackle Terry Tuma here this morning on the on the program, and uh, we are uh, covering a lot of a lot of ground here for uh, uh, getting stuff put away for uh, the season here and and awaiting uh, open water season next spring and getting the rods tucked away properly and the boat put away properly here and uh, uh, you know before you know it Terry we're going to uh, uh, we're going to start to see a little ice on the water oh yes I think in some areas well our lake uh, actually did uh, skim over and I talked to some other people and their lakes also skimmed over but obviously now with all the wind we've had and the warmer temperatures uh, that has changed you know drastically uh, with back to open water but you're right, you know, and ice fishing can, you know, that can happen any time, uh, depending, of course, on Mother Nature. No, the thing we have to understand is that water temperatures have dropped quite a little bit. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's dropped quite a bit in the last couple of weeks here, uh, uh, and... Yeah, it, it's not going to be uh, not going to be too much longer before we have to to start thinking about uh, uh, getting out on the ice and uh, and looking for uh, looking for those uh, those tasty. I'm thinking I I'm I'm thinking of some places where I get some nice bluegills and perch during the uh, uh, during ice fishing season. So that's that's kind of what I'm thinking about at the moment. But uh, um, one of the things that 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 we did want to talk about here this morning too, uh, kind of getting things ready for. Uh, the upcoming ice fishing season is is the different kinds of ice fishing line and and Terry, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about that. Uh, what uh, what what were you thinking about as far as uh, as far as ice fishing line goes? Well, first of all, Kevin, yes, and there's a lot of factors out there in regards to ice fishing line. Uh, one is how much stretch you want, how much stretch don't you want. And I use uh, quite a little bit of fire line, which is a braided line. Mm-hmm. I use a winter. Uh, uh, ice fishing braided line, and I've been doing a lot of experimentation with this over the last two or three years. I really do uh, feel that it's a big plus for us. And so many people say, no, it's not, no, no. And 
even fishing for crappies and sunfish uh, is uh, it's a big, big factor as far as detecting the bite and then along with that, the diameter of the line because here again, uh, it's a very thin diameter with maximum strength. So your lure is going to drop quicker. It's going to act differently in the water. I really feel it's going to act more naturally mm-hmm. and it works very, very well, uh, even for walleye fishing, uh, depending on the pollinger test. But what we have to understand here, of course, is extremely sensitive, no stretch whatsoever, but we need a looser drag system and then also a faster tip rod, because if not, then we're going to lose that fish. It's not going to break off, but we're going to definitely uh, lose that fish because we have to have some give some place and you know again uh, the mono works very very well in the winter time too and i usually have a couple rods of each and then do some experimentation with it but what we have to understand with mono we want some stretch in it but we don't want maximum stretch again that's going to be an issue Mm -hmm. and and i guess what sort of situations would you you know maybe trade off between the two it really depending. I think what we can, what we have to do, not only with the uh, style of uh, lures and jigging action we're using, but also how the bite is reacting. You know, almost like open water fishing. You know, there's going to be time frames where you have to have a little bit more stretch than no stretch. So we're going to really detect and pay attention to how the fish are reacting to this. You know, are they real aggressive? Uh, then you know your mono may work. To- very well and then also too if they're not aggressive here i think what it really amounts to kevin is is maybe shall we say sort of a trial and error if i'm starting to lose some fish because of no stretch and we better switch over to mono immediately okay all right yeah and 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 i would think too yeah that with uh again with those those like more neutral fish having a a line that that gives that lure a little bit more natural appearance a little bit more natural action uh might be just enough to kind of tip the balance in in your favor yes i think you're a hundred percent correct the other thing too is is that what you have to understand here that you if you have maximum stretch you're not going to get a real good hook set a solid hook set many Mm -hmm. times especially when you have these real tough biters and i'm referring to like with sunfish especially and also crappies but when they're just almost like they're just looking at the bait and then what you have to do is set that hook immediately this is where fire line uh really works very well a braided line Mm-hmm. And well, let me and, and let me ask you this as well. In terms of of, of uh, we talked a little bit about uh, the scenarios to use it. When do you, do you have a preference on when you use it? You know, earlier in the season is the bite maybe a little bit different than maybe are are the fish maybe a little bit more aggressive earlier in the season as opposed to you know we get into like January and and late into the late into the ice fishing season. I really don't think so, Kevin. I think, you know, there's so many factors that can make a, a little bit of a tougher bite. Fishing pressure, weather conditions mm-hmm. are just some of those uh, instances where we'd want to really take advantage of a, a, a different type of lo- a line, if you will. And here again, what we have to the fish are really telling us, we just have to pay attention. But under, I think last year, fishing for crappies and sunfish, Kevin, basically I used a lot of fire line. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I've just felt I had better results, better hookups, 
And also, too, what we have to understand is that we have to pay attention. You know, these fish bite so light that I think many times, and I shouldn't probably mention this, but so many times we as anglers don't even know we had a bite, Kevin. You know, they'll come up, they inhale it, and they exhale it so quickly, we don't even know we had a bite taking place. What? a no-stretch line where you have maximum sensitivity. And, of course, you've got spring bobbers and so forth. But when you have maximum sensitivity, it really is a big factor. Also, too, I really feel that a fish, if they start they come up and they inhale that bait or that lure, and they start to swim away with that bait or lure, and they feel drag resistance to have your poundage of test line, and with the minimum diameter of a braided line, you're going to eliminate a lot of that also. Okay, that's uh, that's another another point to consider certainly uh, as well. And and do you have a, a preferences as far as uh, a line weight goes for crappies and sunfish? You usually use a one pound uh, braided line, uh, possibly you know, or something in that area. Two pound braided line. It depending. Again, but what we have to understand, when you have a fire line, it's much stronger than your mono. Mm-hmm. Uh, and generally speaking, for a mono line, I'll use a two and three pound. If we're fishing a lot of big crappies, I'll go to four. For walleyes, I generally use for mono, I'll use eight pound test. Okay. All right. Well, good to uh, good to know and, and things to uh uh, certainly, uh, certainly keep in mind. Well, well Terry, unfortunately, I'm up against the the, the end of the show here. We've got, I've got just a couple minutes left, and I've got to squeeze in one more break. But uh, I, I I thank you very much for uh, for being on the show today. And uh, actually, you know what? We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll make plans. We'll do it again next Saturday. So. Sounds great, Kevin. I really appreciate the opportunity not only to visit with you, but to all of our listeners. And everybody have a great week. And if you don't put your uh, boats away, uh, leave them out. If you're not going to have them in, in the plan to take advantage of another week of nice weather. Exactly, exactly. Well, Terry, we'll uh, talk to you again in uh, next Saturday morning. And uh, we're looking. Uh, I'm, I always look forward to it. So I, I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you, Kevin. You have a great day. You too. You too. That's uh, that's Tackle Terry Tuma here on WKTY Outdoors. I've got to take a, a quick break and uh, be back in just a moment to wrap things up for this Saturday. Stick around. Just a little bit more left to go on WKTY Outdoors on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. 